This is the BBC. This podcast is supported by advertising outside the UK. This is a download from BBC Asian Network. For more downloads, log on to the BBC Asian Network website. Rajan Pablo. Hello there, Bollywood lovelies. Welcome to another jam-packed Rajan Pablo podcast. Yes, this week it really is packed. If you want the hottest Bollywood gossip and interviews from the biggest Bollywood stars, keep listening. You're in the right place. The big Bollywood release this week is ABCD2. So we hear from film critic Komal Nahata if it's worth a watch. Salila Charia has the most exciting secret stories hot off the ground and lets us know why Varun Dhawan is the new king of Bollywood. You may have heard that a Bollywood-inspired flash mob took over the streets of London this week. Well, we speak to its organiser, Rashmi Patel, to discover how it really all came together. Plus not one, not two, not even three guests were live on our show. We really went to town and had four Bollywood lovelies in. Yes, Mr Musafar Ali, Mira Ali, Karena Karashi and fashion designer Priti Rana told us all about their journey through Bollywood and the latest project... Jani Sar. And it's Father's Day weekend, so we asked our favourite Asian network presenters to tell us who is their ultimate Bollywood on-screen dad. The answers might surprise you. But first, let's pass over to Salila Charia to find out the hottest gossip from Bollywood. He's our main man with all the knowledge from Mumbai and what's going on in the Indian film industry. It's the one and only Salila Charia. Salil, how are you, buddy? I'm brilliant. I'm a bit rained out, but I think it's perfectly fine. I'm actually not in Mumbai. I'm in Goa. Uh, but we have been hearing about the rain, and uh, incidentally, I've seen quite a few pictures, um, and it is considerably bad this year. Yeah, those pictures seem to be circulated year after year. I don't know if they're the, the true pictures, but yeah, it is. It is a lot worse than it is. But um, I think it's okay. I think we keep crying for rain when it does come. It's fine. So, what are you doing in Goa? Well. Some of us like to take a vacation once in a while. Oh. So I'm in Goa, taking a vacation. <laughs> uh, right, let's talk about Gangana now and uh, Imran. I mean, they've been trying to act together for, what, six years? Um, but there are some now shocking revelations, if you like. Yeah, so six years ago, they did a People magazine shoot. And, you know, uh, it, was, it was a magazine. Whenever you meet Imran, uh, he's a lovely guy and he's a very non-complicated person. So the first thing two actors would say is, you know, we should work together soon. So there were a couple of films that, you know, that were going to happen and uh, because of date problems, they couldn't work out. But you'll be shocked to know this, that before, uh, I think this was before fashion, Imran actually turned down two films with Kangana. I mean, if you could believe that, I found that uh, very hard to believe. And apparently he did. And now he's desperate to get back into the fray with Kangana. And that's why he actually said yes. So, you know, I keep saying this life is a full circle as to how five years ago, Salman turned down Kangana and now Salman's chasing Kangana. Mm. I think Kangana is the flavor that everyone wants to have a bit of in their food. It just remains to be seen whether Kati Vatti can actually become uh, the resurrection of Imran Khan's career. And how's Kangana now? Has she calmed down? No. In fact, she's got worse. Oh, no. Uh, she's actually got, uh, you know, I, I think whatever little bit uh, that she had to do that people used to tell her to do, now she doesn't do that. She says what she wants. You know, I was uh, part of the trailer launch and... Uh, she said some shocking statements that have become headlines uh, in the newspapers and she doesn't have any regrets about anything. And, you know, I think everyone's going to have to deal with it. And with the response of Kati Bhatti's trailer, I think now uh, definitely uh, Kangana is, like I said, the fourth Khan and she has become one. And she's put an injunction on I Love New and it's not going to release. So even these big production houses don't have a say against her now. 
Uh, let's talk about um, Bahubali. Uh, it's releasing next month. The first installment has already cost $40 million. Um, that's on par with any Hollywood movie, surely. Absolutely. It's 250 crores. It's, it's sometimes hard to believe how much money that they put in together. Three and a half years. Uh, Prabhas is a very big star. You know, and, and the thing is, the assumption of every uh, Bollywood or Indian person is that, you know, Hindi cinema is restricted to the language that we assume is our national language. But, you know, all these regional films like Telugu or Tamil, in just a little bit of state, you know, because of the mad fan following, they uh, make more than 100 crores very often. And that's why the mounting of this kind of film was possible. I remember Salman saying recently at the launch of uh, Bajrangi Bhaijan that it'll be very tough to make a film with Shah Rukh Khan, him and Amir Khan because nobody can afford it. Well, here you have a film that has been made on one superstar, Prabhas. Mm. Because Rana Dagobati is not a superstar. And they pumped in 250 crores in just one installment. So you can imagine the South is ready to take far more risks and my God, the trailer looks very international if I say so. And talking about international things, China is loving PK now. Vidhu Chopra, who's released a film there, is now going to help other Indian filmmakers release in China. Tell us more. Yes, actually, you know, Salman always uh, said this to me and to a number of people that it's not going to be possible for economic viability of Hindi films if they just release in our country. And that is possible because there's a restricted number of screens. So otherwise, you'll have to take the ticket prices up to 1,000 rupees, which is going to be ridiculous. So now with Vidhuvino Chopra finding a new market in China, uh, PK making 120 crores and continuing, which is unbelievable. So if he's actually going to facilitate the films being released there, and over in China, they have more than 10 or 15,000 screens. And that's going to be a very, very big market for Indian cinema. I remember Rajnikan used to say that Japan was his biggest market outside India. And now I think that for a lot of uh, Bollywood films, China is going to become a huge market. And slowly, slowly, we're going to have a number of international overseas markets opening up, which will rival and supplement the income that is earned in India, making films with huge superstars very viable. Well, somebody who can afford to put his price up is, um, well, the kid of the moment, which I say the Bollywood star of the moment, Varun Dhawan. Now he's had four nonstop hits. Uh, is this the first time ever? Uh, absolutely. Not Hrithik Roshan, not Shah Rukh, not even Salman could deliver four hits in a row. And I really mean some very different kind of films. Even ABCD2, doesn't matter how the people have reacted to the acting on it's a dance film. It's made 14 crores on the opening, which is the biggest opener of 2015. I just mentioned a while ago how Kangana has become the fourth Khan. Well, she didn't get that kind of opening. Salman Khan's Jeho got a 16 crore opening. And here is Varun Dhawan sitting on a 14 crore opening with a film that wasn't supposed to be his acting vehicle. So this boy with Soti, with uh, Hamti Sharma Ki Dolanya, Badlapur, it's just going from strength to strength. And all solo hero films, even Matt, they're a hero. So I think he's now hit a league above himself. And um, not only are the endorsements running after him, but uh, from what I hear, he's putting up his price in a very, very important way. And he's left uh, a number of his contemporaries far behind. It's also good news for Shraddha Kapoor. Yes, it is. Because apparently he tried to... Uh, he's actually a very good friend of us. He's been friends with us since he was kids. And he said that he used to try every time to push Shraddha. But, you know, because of... Teen Patti, which is her first film that came out, she wasn't able to get, uh, well, I, the role anywhere. In, in, in fact, even sources do say that student of the year, he did try to uh, push her, but that time they took Alia. But now apparently, since Haider and since Ek Villain, things have really changed for Shraddha, and apparently the two of them will be doing a number of films together. Because if this hits another 100 crores, that Shraddha Kapoor sitting on three back-to-back 100 crore films, which is uh, fantastic. Haider may not have made 100 crores, but it made 15 awards, you know, so it's mm. equivalent to 100 crores. 
Well, good for Varun. We know he works very, very hard. Uh, Salil, can we just say it's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you very, very much. Salil Acharya there, giving us his opinions about what's been going on in the world of Bollywood. And he's been sunning himself in Goa. When we go on holiday next? It won't be for a while. Wow, lots going on as always. But here in the UK, we have our own exciting Bollywood ventures. Here's Rashmi Patel to tell us about that flash mob. Now, the big, big release this week is ABCD2. It's a sequel to the original dance film record directed by Remo D'Souza. We're delighted, honoured and privileged to have one of the leading critics from the Indian film industry. It is Mr. Gobal Nahata, who joins us live now from Mumbai to give his review. Gobal, welcome back to the Rajan Pablo Show. How are you? Thank you. Very happy to be here. I'm fine and I hope you all are also very fine and alive and kicking. We definitely we are. are. Um, now, ABCD2, that's been the big release. Uh, all about dancing. Firstly, um, does it is the story very different from the first one? Uh, I wouldn't say that the story is very different. In fact, it's a very routine script, a very predictable script. But in spite of the predictable script, in spite of the routine drama... I think what really stands out are the songs, the choreography, the sets, and the camera work. These four are outstanding. Simply outstanding. And what about Varun Dhawan? Is he the surefight new superstar of the industry? He's definitely a big star with this film. He's definitely come in the top league because the film has taken the biggest opening so far this year. And mind you, one, it was not a holiday. It was neither a national holiday like Independence Day or Republic Day, mm. nor a Diwali or an Eid festival occasion. It was a normal working day. And what's more, in Bombay, there was torrential downpour. Rains like nobody's business. In spite of that, not just in Bombay, but the whole of India, I think, collections were amazing and it collected 143 million rupees on the first day, that- which is... Phenomenal. Now we've talked. We've talked about Varun. Um, I would have. I, I thought Shraddha. Okay, in this movie, she doesn't come across as a big, big dancer to me. What did you think? No, I. I thought Shraddha is also very graceful. I liked her very much. In fact, no, no one actor stands out. It's. It's like an ensemble cast film. But I would really give distinction marks to Shraddha Kapoor as much actually as to Varun. Both of them were wonderful and the scene stealer, the surprise packet was Prabhu Deva. I couldn't believe, I thought there'll be one dance and probably a couple of scenes. Mm. But he's so good, especially in the scene in the where he meets his family. It's superb. So does this say Remo D'Souza, who directed the original movie, move away from being a choreographer to become a bona fide director? I think with this, he's, you know, ABCD could be a one-off case. But ABCD too, with this film, he's proved that he has it in him because this is a dance film, no doubt. But besides dance, there is a dash of romance. There is a touch of patriotism. There is a touch of mythology. There are some emotions. So I think he's tried to put in all the ingredients of a commercial masala entertainer. And yes, I think he's now a director as much as he's a choreographer, because you can't make such a wonderful film if you don't have it in yourself to be a director. Just a choreographer, no. He's definitely more than a choreographer. And uh, Komo, finally, let's get your marks out of five. How do you rate it? Um, the content-wise, I would say I would give it 
three stars, but because of the dances and the sets, cinematography, the music, and the performances, I would say it deserves four marks, or four points out of five, because the business is phenomenal. This film is a surefire hit. No questions asked. Komo, thank you very, very much. Always a pleasure. Komo and Hatha, they're telling us about ABCD2. Something very exciting happened here on Thursday. Um, Bollymob UK um, took over London. Uh, 50 people descended across the capital to take part in the UK's biggest Bollywood flash mob. Um, and we have seen some of the pictures. Um, brilliant. The dancing looks great. great. Um, places like uh, Liverpool Street, South Bank, Wembley Central, Harrow on the Hill, Hanslow Central, Tower Hill. Um, and it had the big stars backing it up, didn't it? Yeah, it did. Presenter tweeted about it. Chitin Bugget also tweeted about it. And Marzi Bethsonji showed all their love on Twitter. Now, we're delighted to be joined by Rashmi Patel, one of the organisers. Hey, Rashmi, welcome to the Rajan Pablo Show on the BBC Asian Network. How are you? I'm good. How are you? We're really, really well. Congratulations. Well, thank you. Uh, firstly, have you recovered from uh, doing all that dancing around the streets of London? Uh, well, we've recovered from the dancing, but it's still the memories are still there. It was quite an exhilarating experience. Um, and exactly, so, okay, you thought, right, we're going to hit the streets of London. Uh, do you, were you kind of like, how is this going to happen? So did you turn up with, um, you know, with your people, get the music on and go, right, let's dance? Uh, well, we'd, uh, we did think about it, a few, I mean, obviously a few weeks before, practiced, rehearsed, and decided on the locations. So uh, for us, our insp- I mean, Obviously, like there was a, we all of all of us were fans of Shamak, and then mm. afterwards Barzi Pestenji as well. And since he was uh, on a Nach Bali, we we're like, okay, fine, let's take that as our inspiration. Go on the streets and show something different to London, and get Bollywood dance out there. And what was it like? I mean, what happened? What was the reaction? Were, were the Londoners quite? Um, yes, we're definitely getting involved with this. I think uh, two of the be- uh, two of the locations which were really great was one was Liverpool Street because it was at around twelve o'clock in the afternoon. People getting out, running for either they were trying to grab a work lunch or something, and uh-huh. then afterwards we just break out in this dance and people are wondering, okay, what's happened? Uh-huh. And we had our cameramen around, and some of them were like, oh, someone's gone on the side and saying, oh, it's some Bollywood live action taking place, and it was <laughs> like filled with your uh, filled with people who have. No idea what we're dancing to, but still enjoying what we're doing. So what kind of music were you dancing to? Give us an idea of some of the songs. So uh, we started with Chitiya Kalayad, moved on to Desi Look. Uh-huh. We had Superman Salman Ka Fan, uh, India Wale. Of course. Which pumped up a little bit of patriotic fever uh-huh. and stuff like that. And uh, then moved on to the Natsbali title track at the end of it. So that's... You know what, what we're like, you know, like this week sees the release of ABCD2. Now that's all focused on dance. Was this part of it? Are you inspired by that movie? Uh, I've not seen the uh, ABCD2, but uh-huh. I have seen ABCD, the first one. Uh-huh. And uh, yes, that was also, I mean, it, the dance moves there were totally different and thankfully not like the same run of the mill Bollywood stuff. Yes. So yes, it does. We are inspired by like. Especially the contemporary dance, which is happening right now and taking place with most of the newer choreographers as compared to what was previously. So, yes, that does form as an inspiration. And finally, where will you do it next? 
uh, well, that we are not going to give out a location or tell you all when because then it's not going to be a flash mob. Uh, that's true, well, that's uh, true. Rishmi, if you're back in London, give us a bit of a hint so I can keep some time free. Yes. But can I say it's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you very, very much. Thank you. So we were delighted when legendary director Musafir Ali joined us live in the studio to discuss his latest project, Jani Sar, and his time on iconic productions. He brought with him the film's producer Mira Ali, actress Perena Qureshi, and fashion designer Priti Rana. And boy, did we have fun. It's not often that we have Bollywood Indian film royalty. Not only is he a poet, he's a director, he's a producer. He's got a beautiful wife who's produced his next film. We've got one of the leading fashionista, fashionistas and stylists. She's styled Sonam Kapoor. And she's the star of his new movie, Jani Sar. And we have the lovely Prithi, who's organised a fashion show in their honour. Welcome to the Rajan Pablo Show, Mr. Musafir Ali, Miss Mira Ali, Bernia and, of course, Pretty uh, guys, welcome to the BBC. How are Thank we all? You. Good morning. Thank you. Great. Good morning. Uh, firstly, we have to say um, it's um, great to see you here. And um, sir, um, the last time we spoke to you were it was in the studios a good few years ago, where we yeah. were talking about the wealth of uh, Umrah Jan. But now you're back, um, and um, there's a new movie on the horizon. Janisar, yes. Uh, well, we're looking forward to hearing more about that. Um, has this been something you've been working on for a while? Well, it's been going on in my head for all my life. It's uh, 20 years after Umrah Jan, but it's, it's the same time zone, same time, I mean, kind of uh, cultural landscape. It's a very exciting film. It's a few pages of history the world should know. And is it a, is it a story, from what we glean, it's a story about um, a courtesan, a revolutionary courtesan who meets an anglicised Raja and what happens after the mutiny 20 years on. I think it's uh, th- that's it. You got it absolutely. <laughs> <right>. <laughs> but I it's got the whole flavours and textures of Lucknow. It is, yeah. It's, it's really the the ethos of Lucknow as it's evolving during the Victorian era, the post eighty seven era, nineteen fifty seven era, and uh, it's got all the little little changes that are taking place in the cultural landscape. And there's this young boy who's come from England, how he sees. The change and how he witnesses um, a kind of a, the grassroots reality of that period in that time in, this, in that region, and how this uh, young courtesan who's connected with the revolutionaries of 1857, mm. how she makes him well, evolve. You talk about the young courtesan; she's standing right next to you. <laughs> very, very gorgeous <laughs> young courtesan, BBC. <laughs> Um, and uh, so, do you want to talk us through the casting first before we talk um, talk to Pernia? But uh, how, how did you decide who you wanted in this movie? I just wanted a great chemistry mm. between this man and this boy, this boy and this girl. You know? uh-huh. And uh, Pernia was the starting point. I think she had the passion, she had the kind of fire to play that role, and also to reinvent herself. That's a big thing, you know, because a lot of actors just come. Take me as I am. Mm-hmm. Don't fiddle with me more than what I can deliver. So she was really ready for a big, big change. Well, uh, Bandia, what we know about you is that um, you've helped, well, Sonam Kaur, one of your friends. Uh, you've been quite involved with, you know, clothes and styling. You're and- a fashionista. You've had a pop-up shop. You've done everything. You're involved with Gurdwara as well. Why acting? 
No, she's going to take the film to the next level. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think um, I've always been a performer. I've been a classical uh, Indian classical dancer mm. since I was three or four before I went to boarding school. So I've always had this bug to perform and to um, and to emote and to um, do anything which requires like emotion. You know, that's mm. why I enjoy dancing. In that's why I enjoy Indian classical dance so much. And um, I think acting was a, actually a very um, like natural step to take because once you perform on stage and you become so comfortable emoting and dancing, um, the acting like I wouldn't say it came very easily to me, but it didn't feel alien. You know, it felt it felt like a natural progression. And plus, I had the best uh, mentor, so I was it, it made the whole process a lot easier. You know. And Mira, um, you've produced this movie as well and you're responsible for the look of the movie as well. Is it too Masafaji told you that he wanted an authentic look from the canal of that era? Absolutely, because he wouldn't go for anything else. But the interesting thing was that because we were going 20 years after the Umrah Jan mm-hmm. period, we had a lot of space to play with the Victorian styling that came into India, especially in the men's costume. Right, okay. And since our male protagonist came from... England back to India. So we could play with his uh, styling, his clothing. But uh, what we did stick to was very authentic fabrics, which we had specially woven, brocades, silks, the color palette, and uh, the mood he wanted to create through different seasons and through the actor's progression was very special. And that had to be shown through the palette. Mm. And then there were the seasons, which included the summer, the winter, then when the, the wheat in the fields becomes golden, mm. how do you project that through costumes and the look in the film? So it was quite challenging because he was trying to create something See, different and meaningful. See, from what you're telling us, um, uh, we understand about the classical dance side of it um, and, uh, you know, the era is set in, um, in terms of the time. Um, what about the music? Was it, how did this, uh, if you kind of explain, I mean, was the music, were you kind of like, okay, it's got to be, have, it's got to be of classical essence, the music, because, you know, we're talking about classical dance here. I think this music is going to be a milestone, definitely. Mm, mm. Even if I say it from my mouth. Umrao Jan was. Yeah, people, people would still talk about Umrao Jan. music and the ethos of the film, and today in technical uh, terms, the screenplay of the film, the cinematography, mm. and the production design of the film has to be all integrated into one sound design, you know. And I think that this film, uh, the music is really very interesting because it takes that poetry into another zone, you know, and mm. and the, in, in the zone of, uh, of, a, of a kind of a illusion, which is expressed through the dance form. So and I think you cannot dissociate uh, the structural, visual mm. uh, quality of the film, the body language of the dancer, and the romantic evolution of the protagonist, and the whole revolutionary f- feeling through a kind of a kind of a uh, score of the film. So it needed a very interesting mix Mm. of East-West, a lot of depth in the East and a lot of depth of the West. So I had an interesting collaboration with people like Thomas Cantillon, who worked Mm. on my background score, and we recorded all the background score in Russia. So you've got a lot of very interesting Mm. dynamic music, you know, which uh, you get to hear. Is this a love story? I mean, it seems like a palette mixing fashion and music, dance, ethos, revolution, histo- history. What is, what is it? I think it's an eye-opener. <laughs> 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 the 
film, of course, is Janisar Bummy. I just texted in and said, hey, Rajan Pablo and your special guests. Just would like to say a big thank you for making this film. I cannot wait to see Janisar. I love music, dance, poetry and romance. So this is just going to be such a beautiful film. I can tell already just hearing how it was made. Really looking forward to watching it. So how does it feel when you hear that? The anticipation for the movie. I mean, people, they're looking forward to this. Well, I hope it grows, you know. <laughs> but we've, I mean, we've just seen some stills. I mean, it looks very lush. It looks so lavish. Well, I'm also looking forward to uh, see how the chemistry works with the audience. I have great faith in the film. So I have to ask, you know, in another perspective, like, you know, like, you used to have a lot of Muslim social films, like from films like Pakiza to like Amraujan to Didariyar. Nobody's making those type of films anymore. Is this your vision? Well, you know, I don't look at uh, Muslim, Muslim in that kind of context. I look at a culture, you know, Uh the beauty of a culture, how culture can enrich lives, how it can bring human beings together, you know. So particularly coming from Lucknow, we talk about composite culture, Uh where the Hindus and the Muslim Mm. shared common space, cultural space, you know, dance space, poetry space, uh, humor space. So that's what I like to celebrate and make the world celebrate that because it's got a lot of richness. Uh, Bernie, I want to ask you, I mean, you know, just looking at some of the snapshots from the movie, um, the, were the costumes really, like, huge? Was the jewellery heavy? All that kind of stuff, did it all come into it? I think the costumes were my favourite part of the film because they were, um, it was the one thing I didn't uh, take any tension about, I didn't have to prep for because I knew I was in the best hands and I knew that they would be stunning and they surpassed my expectations also they were just so um ethereal and beautiful but at the same time they were innovative um i think it was just like i felt like a princess in all the costumes and we had amrapali on board as a partner as a jewelry partner and and they gave us the most exquisite antique um jewelry you know which i mean the whole thing i never Every time a shot was over and I was allowed to pack up, I stayed in costume for like quite a while <laughs> <laughs> afterwards because I didn't want to take it off. It felt so good wearing it, you know. Yeah. Aparna has texted and she said, who's playing the Anglo-Indian boy in the film, the revolutionary? Imran Abbas. Right, okay. Tell Pakistan. us why Imran Abbas. Muzaffar. Well, you know, Imran has a certain kind of uh, image which... Uh, is like a little reminiscent of Farooq Sheikh in Umrajan, yes. you know? Yeah. You know, young, vulnerable, uh, windblown, uh, kind of a soft look, you know, which... He doesn't have that threatening look, does he? <laughs> we've, we've spoken to him a couple of times and he's, he's a nice guy. He's a nice guy and he's a perceptive guy. Yeah. He's uh, willing to uh, change. So these are th- very important qualities of for selecting this kind of guy. And he repre- he... He looks like an aristocrat, uh-huh. which is very important. Mm. You know? I mean, not that I'm very pro-aristocrats. <laughs> but you are one yourself, sir. <laughs> I'm a activist. An activist. <laughs> and I'm sure, you know, his fans are going to be looking forward to seeing him on the big screen because he, when he was on our show, we were inundated with messages for him. He has got a huge fan base. He's really a joy to work with. I mean, I don't think... You can get a better person to work with, besides Pernia. <laughs> He's got a great sense of humour. He's got a great repert- uh, repertoire of poetry. So we, off the screen, we could, you know, talk of poetry. 
and we could talk of humor because I think in a f when you're making a film, it's really the humor that works. Nothing else. You can so, keep the people laughing. Mm -hmm. You know, apparently there's like this award-winning performance in this film by some actor called Musafir Ali. So, what are you doing in the movie? Can I'm you tell just us? Supervise <laughs> the change. <laughs> Did this come from the producer, Mira? Do you like you will be in the movie because I'd like to see you on the screen? No, she's trying no. to save money on the costumes. <laughs> <laughs> but the, on one uh, one word, I'd like to add on the costumes that they're not over the top. Yeah. Which if I had hired somebody, I would have gone crazy no. trying uh -huh. to tone them down. I nothing about this film. It's over the top. I think it's so lavish and yeah. it's so beautiful and, and luxurious to look at. But at the same time, it's got a real element to it, you know. Mm. So it feels beautiful, but at the same time, it doesn't feel unreal. So for the, for the time you were filming this, did you feel like you were lost in a different world? Yes. Because I can imagine, yes. like, you know, having to put on these costumes, it if was, you like, yeah. um, but that you really, really can um, relate with, especially being a dancer. I suppose it kind of just enhanced your creativity. I think so. I think um, I think being at Muzaffar Uncle's palace in Kotwara because mm. they had set up um, sets inside the palace, you know, and we just were in that world and we didn't really have to go anywhere or do anything. And um, it was it just made it so easy to kind of fall into character and be in the film because we were we were already living in the film. We were living in the sets, yeah. you know, so the whole thing was just so magical and we were in our own little world and it was so nice to be cut off from everybody and shoot this film in our own world. You know? See, that sounds great. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm getting envy here, not of your costumes, <laughs> but of actually being in the palace. And can you oh, imagine and the food in the palace? Oh, it's oh getting my worse God. now. It was just unbelievable. <laughs> would have been a good cast. Have been a good <laughs> Next what, time. You know, for people that don't know, what does Jani Sar actually mean? Jo Jan Kurban Karta. It's about, uh, you know, giving up your life for your uh. country, you know. So, Jan Nisar. Jan Nisar. Jan Tumpar Nisar Karte. Ham Nahi Jante Vafakya. I'm, going to be, I'm sure there's going to be people there who are going to be like, that is definitely Musafir Ali on the radio. So, but that's Sanjana's message then and says, I love you, Musafir Ali. Can't How much? <laughs> Can't wait for the movie. When is it coming out? August. Yeah, you <laughs> yes. I think, um, yeah, we're hoping for end of August. I think the release date is going to be locked very soon. Um, that's what I believe. And um, we're very excited because now it's getting closer and closer to time. Mm. Yeah. So, and, you know, I want to relate this film to the Independence Day, which is 15th mm. of August, because it's the whole film is about freedom. So the timing will be quite, um, well, it'll be apt, the timing will be. <laughs> um, but we're looking forward to seeing the trailer because you're going to be showing it later on, aren't you, today? Yeah. Um, and I think, Pretty, you might want to tell us a bit about where the trailer is going to be shown. Uh, it's going to be tonight in Asia Fashion Week London. Uh -huh. And uh, I think you, should, you guys should come and watch as well. And they're going to show Kotwara Collection. This is a launch for Asia Fashion Week London for the first time. Oh, wonderful. So this is a very good collaboration that uh, we kind of like managed to do it in the last few days. And I'm looking forward to that. You know, going back, we haven't really touched on Amraujan. So why is it taking you such a long time to get something on screen again? See, I live life. I don't make mm. films, you know. Right. I live the life and I make the film on the life I live, you know. Mm. So I don't measure time in that sense. But I've been doing other things. I've been dedicating myself to the small screen. Mm -hmm. um, I've done a lot of work on the small screen. I was making a film in Kashmir which got held up. Uh -huh. Zuni. Zuni, yeah. Yes, with um, so, Dimple Kapadia and, and, and 
and then I've been I've been working on several very very important scripts which I think uh, are part of my the evolution of my life. You know, so I'm chilling and enjoying. Uh, well, can we just say thank you very very much for coming on the Raj and Pablo show on the BBC Asia Network. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. And Janisar, I've you've just heard it first on the Raj and Pablo show will be released very very soon, hopefully for Indian Independence Day. Finally, it's Father's Day weekend, so we couldn't let it pass without exploring the best, most popular on-screen fathers in Bollywood. We asked our fellow Asian Network presenters, and here's what they had to say. Raj and Pablo, you guys are like the daddies of Bollywood, so it's only right that we big up the daddies ahead of Father's Day. Hmm, ultimate dad in Bollywood. It's got to be. It's got to be the man who's hairstyle I've actually modelled mine on. Anupam Kher, that's right, he's a lovely man. As you guys will know, he radiates dadness. He plays a dad, I think, in every film. He's been playing dads for like decades and decades, probably since from before he was even a dad. Anupam Kher, the dad in DDLJ and so many other films, but really where I kind of got to love him as a father was in Bend It Like Beckham. There he was, Mr. Strict Dad, not approving of his daughter playing football. And then he slowly won over and everything's all wonderful in the end. He's a lovely man and I think he's my ultimate Bollywood dad. Big yourself up, Mr. Anupam Care. Who cares? Anupam Cares. Hi guys, it's Uncle from the News Team. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. Now, if I was to choose a Bollywood father, well, I would probably go for... Hmm... Oh, Amrish Puri in Dilwale Dulhaniya Le Jayenge because he was very strict, I remember, and he gave Shah Rukh Khan a hard time. And I know that if I was in Bollywood chasing around all those attractive actresses, I'd need someone to keep me in check. In fact, actually, the Amrish Puri from Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, he was a scary figure. Actually, I'd probably need that guy to be my father to make sure I behave myself. So there you go. Good morning, this is Ashanti Omkar and I present the South Indian show on the BBC Asian Network on Sundays from 2 to 4pm. I love Bollywood, as everybody knows, and my favourite Bollywood dad has to be Vajni Khan. That's right, I've picked a South Indian to fit this. Actually, he really comes, he's actually a Marathi guy who has made it big in the South. So this is something you might not know about him. He's, um, you know, he, he's, his name was Shivaji Gaekwad Rao. And he became the biggest star pretty much in India, one of the highest earners in, in South Asia. And for me, as a dad, I have always admired him because his daughter, Saundarya and Aishwarya, are directors in their own right. They've done their own movies. He's given them the freedom and, and empowered them, actually, to, to, to be who they are today, two formidable, very strong women. And this, for me, is what makes him the favourite dad. Hi Raj and Pablo, it's Guggen here from the Asian Network Weekend Breakfast Show. My favourite Bollywood father is Amrish Puri in Dilwale Dulhaniya Le Jayenge. In this film he plays the role of Baldev Singh, a very traditional, strict but loving Asian father who's trying to hold on to his culture 
while bringing up his daughters in London. There's a great scene when he's reminiscing about life in Punjab while feeding the birds in Trafalgar Square. And then towards the end of the film, an epic bit of dialogue when he shows his loving, his caring side that really comes through when he says to his daughter, Ja Simran, Ja, jile apni zindagi. Hi Raj and Pablo, it's Haroon here. My favourite Bollywood dad has to be Alok Nath because I have never ever seen Alok Nath lose his temper. He can be emotional, he might start crying, he can be upset with you, he might get a little bit naraz. But have you ever seen Alok Nath get angry? I certainly haven't. Whether it's Hamab Ke Ekorn where he plays Salman Khan's dad, whether it is Gabi Kushi Gabi Gum where he plays Gajal's dad, all he ever does is smile but my favorite Alok Nath film has to be Hum Saath Saath Hai. I mean, in that he is the sole reason that the family stay together because he manages to teach his wife, Reema Lagu, that family is about sticking together and standing united. So Alok Nath is definitely my favorite Bollywood dad. Hi, Rajan Pablo. I'm Ash, the intern from Tommy Sandhu's Breakfast Show. I have chosen, in my opinion, the best Bollywood father. And that is Shah Rukh Khan. This guy is known for playing many different roles, but I think one of his best performances was in Kuch Kuch Hota Hai, where he played a father to a young girl called Anjali. And the relationship that Rahul and Anjali had was so beautiful. I think everybody connected with that relationship that they saw on screen that made so many girls and guys hearts melt and i think that relationship made the movie so in my opinion shara khan is the number one bollywood father and the exciting thing is i think he's going to get more and more and more bollywood father roles so you heard it here first Hi Raj and Pablo, it's Guggen here from the Asian Network Weekend Breakfast Show. My favorite Bollywood father is Amrish Puri in Dilwale Dulhaniya Le Jayenge. In this film he plays the role of Baldev Singh, a very traditional, a strict but loving Asian father who's trying to hold on to his culture while bringing up his daughters in London. There's a great scene when he's reminiscing about life in Punjab while feeding the birds in Trafalgar Square. And then towards the end of the film, an epic bit of dialogue when he shows his loving, his caring side that really comes through when he says to his daughter, Ja Simran, Ja, jile apni zindagi. Well, quite a mixed bunch there. We hope you've had a great Father's Day, whatever you were doing. That's it from us for this week. Remember to catch us from next week from 10am on Saturday. If you missed anything, it's all available online at bbc.co.uk slash Asian Network. But until then, stay safe and keep loving Bollywood. Bye. Thank you for downloading from BBC Asian Network. For more downloads, including Tommy Sandu's Best Bits, the official Asian download chart and Asian Network reports, log on to the BBC Asian Network website.